things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? We, <laughs> you, are in for a, a treat today. Uh, all right, Ben, I got to start over. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm waiting for music. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. again, I- issues. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Are we doing music? Yeah. Yes, yes. Hold on. Stop. Hold on. Just a minute, you guys. All things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right. You are in for a treat today. (coughs) We do say so ourselves. Uh, We are girlfriends who have been friends way too long. And we've decided to record us today because uh, several of you have asked, Who's who in this crazy world of girlfriends? And sometimes we can't even tell who's speaking. We can't figure out your your voices. So here we are. We are going to introduce ourselves, tell us or tell you a little bit more about who we are, our passions, and why we do what we do. And we're going to start out with Christette. Christette, tell us everything about you in 15 seconds. Okay, well, 15 seconds. Here we go. I'm Christette, and I have a passion for fashion. And I love dressing women. I've loved clothes since I was born, I think. And I enjoy helping women just discover who they are through style and personality and just making them feel more confident. And every woman needs a little bit of animal print, (laughs) right? For sure. In their wardrobe. So if you don't have anything, this might be the season to find something. What do you think, Debbie? I love it. I (laughs) am Debbie, and I paint black and white checks. So if you love Mackenzie Childs, uh, that's what I do. I paint it. I teach it. And I, this is like a used car salesperson. Like <laughs> look at my, I'm like advertising, but, um, that is what I do. I love to paint. I love crafting. I love being creative. And I have a company called studio MD. And, um, so just shoot right over there right now on Facebook and go ahead and see what that's all about. And I teach women how to paint and, um, I have a blast uh, just doing that and getting to share my life with as many women as possible. Sherry. 
Uh, my name is Sherry, and I like to celebrate and go to parties and have parties and throw parties. And um, I usually talk really loud. <laughs> Most of the time, people say, can you use your inside voice? To which I say, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love all things that are pink and sparkly and confetti and marching bands and sparkly lights. And I want to take any opportunity to seize the moment and cultivate it and make it more fun. That's my, that's my jam. Patty, it's you. All right. Well, uh, I, I, of course, always have to say something about every single person, right? <laughs> and Chrisette, she is our, our, our fashionista. And the jacket that I'm wearing right now has actually been nixed by Chrisette. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I can wear it because you can only see, you know, from here up, but I'm, I'm very aware of, of where I'm going. Are you to wearing pajama pants from the waist down though? Cause you, <laughs> you usually are and you're slippery. Oh, you know that, you know that. <laughs> and, and Debbie, all of the, the black and white checks, which I absolutely love. Uh, I, am right in a place right now where I have to do my trash can. Have you, have you seen her trash cans? Oh, not yours, Debbie. I can never say the, the name. What is it called? Mackenzie Childs. Mackenzie Childs. So she, uh, I went to go look for a black and white checkered trash can, and it was, I don't know, like $109. And I went, it looks like I'm getting my black and white paint out because I'm not paying <laughs> that much money. But here's the cool thing. I would only charge you $108.95. Yeah. So just buy it for me. And you have to do it yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, and yeah. you have to do it yourself. I'll just teach you. But let's talk about our glasses. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, Christette and Sherry are not in the cool club because. No. Gosh, yeah. Thanks, friends. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate that. Patty, yeah. well, let's talk about you. This is, you are a, an avoider. I, I, you know what? I am. And it's funny you say that, Debbie, because a couple shows ago, you asked me about my mom and it completely threw me because I'm so used to interviewing other people and I don't have people ask me the questions. And so I realize I, I do that and I don't feel like I'm guarded. Like I don't want people to come in. I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm not shy of sharing my emotions with you guys wow. at all. <laughs> We get in trouble every Thursday about things and, we didn't do. I and swear. And then we're supposed to get on the camera and be like, wow, this is so fun. How can we do that? Awesome. You said you were going to. I, Sherry, I thought you said you were going to do that post. You were social media. Social Come media, on. social media, social media. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. And uh, I just also want to mock the fact that I've never heard anyone say marching bands. Like, I'm passionate I about marching either. bands. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, I just love a party. I, mean, I love a marching band because it's a traveling party. I mean, there's it horns, is. there's happy people, there's color, there's sound. People are energized. I mean, literally, I can get right behind them with banging a drum and just be so daggum happy. I don't care where they go. I just want to follow them in the marching band. As a matter of fact, I think you actually have in the Macy's Day Parade. I sure have. Have I shared that fact yet again with everybody? <laughs> it's so impressive. <laughs> I know. And I'm not talking that like I was in high school with my, my palm class. No, I was a married woman with three children, dressed up like a clown. And I was I was so happy. That was absolutely a, an adrenaline rush of a lifetime. I would do it. And do you have day. that video? Sherry, uh, can you see the replay of that? I'm sure I do somewhere. I'd have to like call my IT crew and see if they could pull it up for me. <laughs> call your agent. I'm sure your agent has it. Get on that. <laughs> Back to Patty. Hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, 
I literally love moving people from here to there. I, I like to help people out for them to uh, to stay on course and have a final destination, not being the final destination like a coffin or anything like that, but to truly have the bigger picture of where they want to go in life. And a, a side note to that, I just read just a couple days ago that Qantas Airlines they are putting a trip, a sightseeing trip on that goes from anywhere to like $500 to $2,500, depending on where you're sitting on the airplane. For seven hours, you're not going anywhere. It's more dangerous in the air. middle than the front? I don't get that. <laughs> so if you don't mind taking a risk of losing your life, it'll be a lot cheaper if you sit in the back. Exactly. But can you believe that? They're literally, and, and it sold out in 10 minutes. They put this flight out there, no destination. We're just going to sightsee and look at the barrier reef over Australia or whatever. And it, it made me really realize, of course, I'm always looking at the allegory of, of different things in life. And I thought, you know, that's so, so many of us. We're just on the sightseeing gig here and there's no destination. And, and yet we have to make these adjustments to stay on course uh, to really see, okay, what are we filling our day with? Are we just sightseeing? Is it a spectator sport to us? Are we really going to get into the game? So I, I love that. I love helping people see their pain points and go, all right, how do we close the, the gap there? And you with know that, what you love to do more than anything? This is what you love to do more than anything. <laughs> Look for that. Somebody has to read that because you're a little small circle there. Yeah. I, oh, and let's talk about why I'm a small circle. I'm being punished. I'm in the corner. I didn't say it's your fault. I said I'm blaming you. <laughs> That's Chatty's mantra. <laughs> okay. Fine, lady. And Sherry, I'm not bossy. Yeah. I'm just helpful. Right. I, I'm not bossy. I'm just helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you are. There we go. I'm, I'm all about being a servant leader and being helpful. I will definitely tell you where you need to grow. Um, and, Whether you and ask or not. With that, last week we did our topic on fear, which I, I think is interesting because we, we managed to hit, as usual, every single aspect of fear, right? I'm, I'm, still, scared. Just, <laughs> I'm still scared. <laughs> It wasn't just the the fear of of snakes. We talked about getting out of your comfort zone and all kinds of of craziness on on fear. But I think it's interesting because Pew Research did uh, a, a study on fear just since COVID, and it like who's looking up fear went up to like 167 percent. And with that. If we're in a place where we're continuously going, okay, I fear this or, um, you know, what exactly is going on? We thought it would be a great idea to talk about prayer, which the research on prayer is fascinating because, once again, Pew Research said only 55% of Americans say that they pray every day. 21% uh, say they pray weekly or monthly. And 23% say they uh, never pray or seldom pray, which is interesting because out of that 55%, it's majority women and less of men that are praying. Also, 
it's the people over the age of 65 and older are the ones praying. The ones that are under 30 said that they weren't really big advocates of prayer. I think it was down to like 41%, which is fascinating. And I think I can relate to that. We were talking earlier about the way that we grew up um, with <laughs> prayer meetings. Okay. It's like, I, yeah, I lo- I know the power of prayer. I I definitely I'm an uh, an avid you uh, just like prayer warrior. But I have caught myself going through you know the day when you're not turning it over to the Lord and you're not praying about it. So I I I get it. You can you can have the fear. And then you're like, duh, I need to, I need to pray about it. But I want to go back to the prayer meetings. We used to have them on, on Wednesday night. And Wednesday night. I remember sitting there and hearing, you know, let's pray for Aunt Betsy's cat because she <laughs> had the wrong cat food. And now exactly. she has tummy issues and <laughs> Uncle Gerald's, you know. Yeah nephews, nieces. But it was cousins. always the same people in church over and over asking for the same, you know, prayer, the same thing over and over. Well, yeah. we see, I can, I can picture a eight by 10 goldenrod colored piece of paper and on it were categories of people. And there was name after name, after name, after name, you know, family, friends, missionaries, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it was an hour and a half long prayer meeting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I I grew up with really fun prayer meetings because I was younger and we had this whole group of friends. We all uh, my parents worked for a children's camp. And so all the workers would get together for prayer meetings and it was at somebody's house. So all the kids were sent upstairs. This is back in uh, Buffalo, New York. We were all sent upstairs to play or pray, which we never did. But we were we all went upstairs to to play. And um, so there was me and then a whole bunch of boys. And so I would make them play the dating game with me and they would be behind the door. I would ask questions and they would have to answer. And then I would pick one of them to come in and, you know, I don't know, we kiss or we giggle or what. I don't know what we did. Uh, It was totally innocent. Trust me. But it's so funny because my brother hated playing that game because, of course, I recognize his voice. There's only three of them. And he never got picked, which he didn't want to be picked. But anyway, that was my growing up years. Yeah. So we used to go out and we would ditch a little prayer meeting and we would go out and talk on my dad's CB. Remember the CB radio? I think yeah. I was. Breaker. Yeah. Breaker one one. This is little blue jeans here. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny because uh, Kevin Ryder is now like a hot, hot DJ in L.A., and I, I truly will take credit for it because I think it was all of our CB talk that helped him become a DJ. So um, I'm just I'm just saying that that's exactly how he got so good at, at being a DJ. But I want to talk about my mom was such a prayer warrior and I would see her walking around doing the laundry or ironing and her lips were always moving. She was just her lips were just going. Like Sherry. This sounds like just like Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> and so my friends would think she was crazy. Like she was always talking to herself. And as I got older, I realized she was praying, like truly praying without ceasing. And I I will say the enemy knew she was not one to reckon with. Like she 
she shook the enemy for sure. And with her just continuously praying, she raised six kids. And, and I don't know if that's a secret formula, but we all love Jesus. Like we all were, were a huge follower, huge fan of Jesus. And I go, okay, that's, that's the only thing I can really focus on is the fact of her, just the power of prayer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huge I impact. Visiting my grandparents, uh, my, they live in Oklahoma, and my parents would send my brother and I out to be on the farm with my grandma and grandpa for three weeks at a time on the summers, you know, like a middle school and early high school. And I remember being at my grandparents' farm, and they would get a call from one of their adult kids, which could have been so that they're adult children now, they're out on their own, and they'd get a call. And they'd hang up and they would be teary eyed and we would all go into the living room and get on our knees. And my grandma and grandpa would pray and cry out loud. And that was such a vivid memory. I mean, they were they were just pouring out their heart for their adult children. And uh, that that's I mean, what what a sweet memory. And so uh, that's one thing that I remember from my grandparents that like I've carried over to my own family. Whenever we are getting ready to leave on a trip together, I'll gather us all, you know, when they all lived in the house here, I gather us in the living room and we kneel like around like a, you know, an ottoman or or sofa or something. I make them all kneel and pray. And then I make, now you have to hug me because, you know, now we're going on a trip and this could be our last hug. So I remember taking that into our home, and it just was a, a really sweet tradition. Wow. That's so awesome. I am the one of the group that um, wasn't raised in the church, and so I didn't have those examples. Heathen, heathen. I have a halo now. But, um, but I will say my mother-in-law um, is a prayer warrior, and I truly believe um, that I my faith was directly um, because of her discipline of obedience and prayer. Mm-hmm. She has a prayer journal, and I can remember seeing it next to her um, couch when I'd come visit. And I had accepted the Lord shortly before I met Dan. And he was raised in the church, so I've heard all these stories over and over again. I do feel like I was raised in the church after all the stories I've heard. I, I feel like I was there. But I know for a fact that I am you know, here today because of that. So it's just such a, an encouragement to know that they really do work. You know, God hears our prayers. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, when though, you think that God's not hearing your prayer? <laughs> and yeah. I know I had a time with a family member that went through an addiction and um, I had a woman that said to me, pray scripture over this person. Pray, literally go to the Bible, take a prayer, take a a verse and and put that person's name in that prayer and pray that over that person. And um, it it was a a long, a long time of praying, desperately praying, thinking like we talked last week, Lord, why wouldn't you want this to happen? Why are you not answering this prayer right now? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I still don't know why it took so long. But eventually, in God's timing, it all worked out in a miracle. And so, um, but it is hard when you're going through the process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Sometimes, uh, as a parent, when we watch our kids, like right now, I have my child that wants a ferret. 
And <laughs> I, it's not going to happen, right? And we've already gone down the ferret road. We, we've had a ferret in the past. And you start seeing how God <laughs> parents us when you're like, I don't care how much you, how many times you ask and how many times you're circling this, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like, I think of how many things that I want that I'm asking God for. And he's just going, it's not going to happen. If you could see the bigger picture here, it's not the best thing for you. Yeah. And, and it, it really does help you see it from that perspective. I still cracked up all week about Sherry's comment with the, with the boys, when you pray that God would give you a girl this time and you'd get another boy and that God would say, no, no. And on the third boy, I said, no, you're not getting a girl. That made me laugh all week. (laughs) Yeah. So, So true. I, have to say a tradition that we we've had in my family and i i recommend this uh, to everyone because it's been really neat to see the the years that have have gone by with the there's six kids in our family which 12 grandkids and so for 30 years of just celebrating fourth of july where we would go up to to tucson and stay in a resort and we would get all the cousins and and aunts and uncles, they would uh, get in groups of three to four people, and we did a prayer group. And it won't, it would only take like thirty minutes or so, and it it wasn't one of those things like with us on prayer meetings on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights where you're like ah. I mean, they they genuinely loved this time that they would get together and they would ask for it. So not only did it happen on 4th of July, we would get together at Halloween and they would go, can we get into our, our prayer groups? And they would talk about it. You know how, when there's just so many people, it's like my best friends, uh, not my best friend's wedding, my big fat Greek wedding, you know, where it's just, it's all of the chaos. That's what it's like. And I think they really enjoyed that time of an aunt or an uncle just focusing on them and asking them about what's going on in their world. And they were able to pray about it. And then that was their prayer warrior until the next time we would meet. And then we'd get into different groups. And I look back on, on just as the kids grew up from the time they were toddlers to now most of them are adults that not only did they have that prayer warrior, but it was the accountability I think they went through high school and they they did things going, I don't want to have to mess with that. I don't want to have to answer to to (laughs) that person or that person. And when they say, what's going on in your life? It's it's like, well, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day or whatever. You know, they didn't want to have to answer to that. So that's such a neat tradition. And I hope that the kids and the cousins will carry that on with them and their, their families as well. You know what? I've been um, actually blessed by your sister, Kathy. And so, you know, and she, years ago, when I was struggling with trying to figure out how to pray, like, how, what does this look like? How can I be more consistent? I I see these amazing spiritual women that I want to be more like, and they talk about this amazing quiet time they have. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Patty. No, it was Kathy, I said. <laughs> Kathy, 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 Marsha, 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 your sister. And so, you know, so Kathy and I did a lot together in women's ministry back in the day. And I had, um, and she was very pivotal, pivotal in the decision of me having to follow my husband to switch churches, which that's another story. And that was very hard. So she had reached out to me to check in on me. And I'll never forget, I can still remember 
the Starbucks we were at, where we were sitting when we met, and she really just wanted to say, I found something I think would be really helpful for you. And I have it right here. It's called the Life Journal, and it's um, scripture because she it's 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 a little journal, and it's soap. You use soap as the acronym: scripture, observation, application, prayer, and it was food for your soul because we need to eat every day to have energy and mm-hmm. to be able to combat, you know, health issues and to feel good and to, you know, to live. And just like that, we need, you know, scripture for our soul every day. And it's just for that day. You know, that's what's so great about it is we need to nourish our hearts and soul mm-hmm. with God's word. And it like changed my world. And wow. it, and I still to this day will use that in a passage. Mm-hmm. So it's, not necessarily one verse, but you can use it in whatever devotion you might be reading. Um, like we're going to talk about someone later today and, you know, you can use her little devotion, but it's breaking it down and hearing what God has for you. What is the scripture that he's speaking and telling you? And you write it out. All you have to do is takes one page, you know, and then you apply it. How am I going to apply it to my life today? You know, and then, um, or, or observe it. I'm sorry. You want to observe what God's saying and apply it. And then of course your little prayer to God. So anyway, that's because of your sister, Kathy. <laughs> wow. Patty. Aww. 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 <laughs> Too bad you can't be more like your sister, Kathy. Sherry, Sherry don't you have a sound for that? <laughs> I'm sure I do. You know. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. I, I, I love that story. And it, when, when it becomes so real to you and you do see that, I, I, that's just amazing. I have a story of, I was in Africa and I met some really neat Muslim women who had become Christians. And one of the things, because where they were, literally you would be executed, right? And you could not even say, you know, Jesus's name, basically. And I remember asking them, like, well, how do you, I mean, you have to just live in fear as soon as somebody finds out that you're a believer. And they said, you know, because they weren't covering anymore. And they, you know, some of them still did because they were keeping their traditions. But uh, they said, we pray. And I'm like, okay, like, I get it. But you're, they're going to execute you, right? (laughs) And they said, no, there's just this peace that comes over us when we leave the house, we're listening. And sometimes we hear go to the right. Sometimes we hear go to the left, which is so scriptural, right? I I can't remember where that is about the the voice behind you that tells you to go to the right or go to the left. And I, I just, if you could have been there in that room and listened to the way that they just said no. But the key is that they're every second going, okay, God. Okay, God, when you really are in that place where you're listening every single second to the Lord, not when, okay, I'm hurting right now, God, show up and show up big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our job is to talk to him, to have a relationship with him, not just to come to him in crisis. Um, I've had a, a situation in my own life where I've been employed uh, for, the same, for my church for 17 years and over the last four years have just been 
processing and praying and journaling, processing, praying and journaling, you know, just sensing a stir of like, okay, here's my passion. Here's my heart. What's it saying? What's it saying? And a year ago, I thought, I think God's saying, you know, um, to, I, I need to walk away. And then in the middle of it, of doing that process, I heard him say no. And then processing and praying some more here. And I, I actually heard him say, it's okay to let go. Mm-hmm. And that's been a real journey of just praying through it, praying through it, praying through it, waiting, waiting, processing, waiting and listening. And um, it just takes time and quiet and stillness. Mm-hmm. And then, but then a great peace comes to me and then verses will come and say, you know what, there's a time and activity for every season. And this is a different season and it's okay to let go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, prayer is, is huge and, you know, charting your life. Yeah. So, and with that, we're getting ready to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we have an, a fabulous guest that's going to be talking about prayer. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's s-c-o-t-t at t-o-g-i-n-e-t r-a-d-i-o dot com Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to The Living Room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. I just turned it on. It's like, oh, 
<laughs> I feel like I sh- I feel like I should I have a simple white t-shirt on, but that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're looking good. You're looking good. What's that noise? Sorry. It's my sound machine. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Girlfrienda, and as promised, we have a fabulous guest. She's going to be talking about prayer. Stacy Thacker, she's an author, a blogger, a speaker, and her passion is to encourage women. She created the blog community Mothers of Daughters, and if you if you have a daughter, sorry Sherry, run and go see the blog. I know, Christette, I know, but you're you don't complain about it. Sorry. Uh, she's the author of seven books, including Hope for the Weary Mom, Let God Meet You in the Mess, which I love the name of that, Stacey, and your other one, The Girlfriend's Guide to the Bible, uh, definitely speaking our lingo. Her latest book is Threadbare Prayer, Prayers for Hearts that Feel Hidden, Hurt, or Hopeless. So welcome, Stacy. How are you today? I'm Great. Thanks for having me. This is so fun to see all of you and be with you today. This is, I think, maybe one of my first, I think it's my first interview. So on the book. So wow. It's super fun to get to talk about it. Well talk about thrown in butt with the fire by us. It's great. (laughs) I I love it. I I as you said, I I have a a a book series called Girlfriend's Guide to the Bible. So I speak girlfriend. So I'm glad to be here. Totally speak girlfriend. And it's sad because we would really like to just be sitting on the couch with you or around the round table with our coffee. Uh, I hope you do have your coffee in front of you, though, because we're we're hoping that Sherry has coffee in that pink. (laughs) And not something else. I have switched already. It's it's Diet Coke. I had my coffee this morning, but I switched over. You're good. You're good. I really enjoy coffee, so... If I had known, I would have prepared. But <laughs> <laughs> Why would we do that as girlfriends? Prepare you. That's yeah. so rude. If we're all about winging it. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. We'd have yeah. to plan or something. Yeah. All right. Stacy, tell us your story. I, we, we were just talking about the statistics of prayer, and only half of the people in America are praying. And uh, there are times when, you know, I can relate to that half that's that's not praying like I should be praying. And I, I know my parents and my husband's parents are both gone. And at one point, my husband looked at me and he went, our prayer warriors are gone. Like the reality, like Sherry, what you were saying, where you're down on your knees and you're praying, you're crying out to the Lord. And just knowing that it's like, oh, we're we're circling the drain. Like we're supposed to be the prayer warriors. We're the one that needs to step up. So tell us your story. What, what happened here where you went, you know, this is the book I'm going to write and how you came up with that name. Well, it's kind of funny. I was, I was thinking about this this week is I don't know that I would ever describe myself as a prayer warrior. Cause I have this vision in my head that a prayer warrior is like, you know, big and strong. And I, have never felt more weak in my life, I think, when I've really been in a season of uh, hard prayer. And so Threadbare Prayer really came up um, during a season in our lives that we were just experiencing one hard thing after another. And believe it or not, it was before pandemic and before COVID and before we all kind of collectively have a hard thing, which can be sometimes helpful when other people are going through things. But 
we just had a, a few years, about three years in a row, where we our family experienced every spring, we said, this truly hard things. It started with um, the loss of my dad. You mentioned losing your parents. I lost my dad. Um, in 2014, um, in 2015, um, one of my baby girls, I have four girls, by the way. Um, and so one of my baby girls um, got very sick um, and was diagnosed with a chronic illness. And if if you've ever had a sick child, you know prayer. <laughs> it's really gritty and really honest. It's not very uh, elaborate. It's just, you just really get down to the bare, threadbare parts of what you're asking God to do. And so, um, and then about a year and a half or so after that, about and she was still in the thick of fighting this chronic illness that was relentless. Mm. She was only, she was almost nine when she was diagnosed. So we just have been through it. Um, in February of 2017, my husband experienced a sudden cardiac arrest and Whoa. is a miracle. He's still with us today, which is unbelievable. The doctors gave us zero hope. How and, old um, was he? Pardon me? How old was he? Uh, like 48, possibly. He super young. Yeah. Um, it was not something we expected, obviously. And so when you're in those seasons, you know, prayer gets really, like I said, very simple. You don't, I didn't have real fine or fancy words. I had a single verse of scripture. And at that time it was Psalms 23, one I'd grabbed, I was staying with a friend close to the hospital and I grabbed a, a children's book, a children's Bible. Literally it was purple at about 3 a.m. one morning, and I just went to Psalms 23, and it said, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And that became the very first threadbare prayer, which was just a simple prayer because I couldn't remember big passages of scripture. I couldn't remember my name, let alone yeah. what anything else. I just grabbed on, and I just kept saying over and over again, I have everything I need. I lack nothing because the Lord is my shepherd. And that one prayer got us through ICU and it got us through rehab and it got us through the past couple of years, which has seen a domino effect in our lives of what happens when you have two major health crises in one family. And so when I say I'm not a prayer warrior, it doesn't mean I don't pray. It just, I don't feel very strong. I feel weak, but praise yeah. God, that's when Jesus enters in and shows his glory and his power in such a dynamic way. When we are weak, he is strong. And so, mm -hmm. um, so that's a little bit of my story. Um, that's kind of how this all came about. The book came about Actually, I started writing these prayers in my journal. They were very personal. And as a writer and a blogger, I, I slipped a few online and social media. And it was really the women that read my books and encourage me the most said, hey, this is your next book. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was kind of surprised. Um, and that was really how it all kind of started. And then God did it very fast. And then within the past year, these came out. And um, I'm just very grateful to have them all in a book. It's, it's, it's just a gift. It truly is. Wow. Wow. I just uh, love the name Threadbare. That's just so sweet. Tell me more about that Threadbare. Okay. So I, I, when I am trying to decompress and I'm just trying to stop my brain from all the crazy, I read nonfiction. And I was really, honestly, I was reading one of my favorite um, Christian authors named Laura France. And I was reading a book. I don't remember which one, honestly, but the word, it was just a word, this is the word Threadbare. It had nothing to do with prayer, honestly. Um, I'm a word girl. I probably, cause I'm like, grammar. I'm not a grammar nerd, but a word, word geek. I guess I love words and it just stuck in my head. And so I just kind of sat there and then, I don't know, like a month or so later I was sitting and I had a pair of ripped jeans on. It sounds so hokey. I know, but I was looking, I was like, Oh, that's threadbare. That's what it means to be threadbare. And I just saw my, 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 my jeans rip. I thought, gosh, that's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm hanging by a thread. Mm. And so I wrote through that idea, that feeling that being threadbare, what it felt like. And at the end, I wrote a prayer and then I went, Oh, threadbare prayer. That's kind of catchy. <laughs> just, so it just kind of stuck. 
Um, if you if you don't know me, you know that um, I don't have the best memory, and so anytime I can have like an acronym or or something that's sticky that just sticks in my brain, I'm four kids, a lot going on. And, but that's really how it started. It was because I saw a word that caught my heart. And I'm, you know, obviously I believe the Lord is, he's behind all that. He, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, this is, there's something here. And it became a very visual word. And, and since it's um, kind of been out, I've heard a lot of women say, I've never thought of that word, but Oh, mm. it really describes how I feel right now. Um, so I'm really grateful, grateful for that simple word. So is your, your book, uh, do you, what what happened with your your daughter and your your husband? Do you go into the details of that? We were just talking about our prayer meetings growing up. How you would hear of you know all of these people that were like pray for my uncle's you know brother's dog <laughs> or whatever, and we didn't celebrate it. We didn't yeah. hear the the celebratory prayers and the just the prayers of gratitude and 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 I know once again speaking to myself because. So often I'm begging God to show up. And then when he does, you forget that you even, you know, we're screaming at him just a week ago. And now it's like, oh, yeah. And oh, and by the way, thank you for coming through on that. So do you do you go into that in your book? It's interesting. Um, when I first wrote the book, um, I had the introduction, which explained the, where the name came from. And then I had kind of an afterword, which is kind of typical for a book. This is, I've never written a book like this. It's a gift type book. It's the book you're going to give someone. It's hardback and there's a hundred prayers in it. And so it's not like a traditional trade book, which is what I typically write that has chapter one and chapter two. And there's all this space for story. Um, but as, um, we were working through the different prayers, um, my editor said, Hey, the same thing, like what happened with those stories? And so we did thread throughout the book, a few little spots in the book that we felt appropriate. I mean, because honestly, it's not about me. My hope and my passion with this book is that it's going to lead women to experience transformational prayer that really helps them to shift their focus to what's going on in their life, to who God is and how powerful and intimate and personal he is. So it does come up a little bit. Um, I can, I mean, I could tell you that my daughter is she, the chronic illness she has is there's no cure for it. We just deal mm-hmm. with it daily. And she, she is doing great. She's 14. And you know, there's seasons where it's harder and seasons that it's easier. It's just become a constant in our lives. And, um, one of the things that's helped me remember that I have to be dependent, um, on the Lord for not only her, but for my trust in him, we have a reminder every few weeks we have to go get treatment and we sit in the hospital. And sometimes I think, I can't believe this is our life. I can't believe this is our life. Um, but she told me, I'll, I'll share this sweet little story. I asked her about a year after she'd been diagnosed. I said, um, what would you want people to know? And she said, mom, she said, you know, before I got sick, I didn't really think that much about Jesus. She goes, but you know, since I got sick, I've thought about him every day. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's really helped me to have to see other people and that are hurting and, and to have a compassionate heart for them. And of course, that's what we all want for our kids, right? We want them to see people yeah. that are hurting and, and, and find ways they can help and be kind and compassionate, connect with them. Um, but she's doing as well as we can with it. You know, we just live with it. Um, my husband, um, it's been three years past February. They, they told us to expect at least a two year recovery. So we're kind of on the other side of that. So, um, we still find times where he's getting better and healing. Um, obviously, you know, um, with his story, um, 
there aren't a lot of people that survive what he went through. So we don't have a lot of people going, oh, this is what you can expect. But but he's doing well. And, and God has met us in our needs, even in, on the other side of, you know, life and death. We we realize that we're, we're, the ble- we're blessed because he's here and he gets to experience life with us. And we're just grateful that God has left him here. And so many people that walked with us through that story, um, as you said, saw the miracle of that happen. And I can't even, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many people prayed for us um, mm-hmm. during that season all over the world. Uh, it, was, it was a unique and an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you sure. feel like um, you're, uh, you're being an author prior to this, that uh, we were talking a couple weeks ago or maybe last week about Patty's mom um, comforting Patty about another friend who died uh, just a month before her mom died. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like God prepared you through your books prior to you even writing these books? Absolutely. I mean, what's so funny is that when it's not funny, funny is probably not the right word, but when I was, I remember being at the hospital because I was there pretty much every day for a month with my husband and people would send me quotes from my books. (laughs) They'd be like, remember when you said this? And I'd be like, oh, (laughs) can't escape it. Um, And it was just made me laugh, but um, God definitely prepared, you know, probably Mm -hmm. mostly how he prepared me was through the word. And so each book that I've written, um, the book that um, I had been writing right before this. So the summer before his cardiac arrest, I had been in the book of Hebrews. And if you know anything about the book of Hebrews, it's all about, um, true faith is always going to be tested, but it always endures and always perseveres. And it's all about trials and fixing your eyes on Jesus and, and hardship. And so God used his time in the word that I was using to write books, definitely to prepare my heart for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about your just trials and tribulations, and that's where Often we, you know, we, we really see God showing up. I, I had made me think of this crazy story a, a few years ago. I, well, I, I'm getting older. Okay. It was probably like decades ago. And I'm going to say it a few years ago. <laughs> you're getting older, but you have such a great Manhattan apartment that you're in. I know, right? <laughs> my, my hot pink vintage jacket, just saying. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I was at this training conference for speakers and you had to basically pass or fail and get certified so you can go train for executives in the corporate realm and blah, blah, blah. And there was a a woman there who was just really struggling. And after the the training, I had kept her contact information. I just called her to let her know, you know, you, you made me smile and you did a great job. And she shared with me uh, what had happened and how she experienced God. And throughout this whole time, I, I didn't know that she was a believer. I mean, it, you didn't really chit chat with people. It was just a week of just brutal, hardcore stuff. And she said she went to this training. Um, she felt like God had led her to go to that direction. And she goes, I just went to get better at my craft. I really didn't think I was going to get certified, but I didn't have the money and God said, go anyway. You know how you hear these stories because I'm a planner and I'm like, oh, okay. You don't just go somewhere if you don't have the money. And when you talk about like he's in it with us, she literally told me a story. She called the Uber guy. Uber guy picks her up at the airport, brings her back to the hotel and says, can I drive you anywhere tomorrow? And she said, no, I'm just going to walk. It's snowing. It's like inches of snow where she'd have to walk through. And he said, no, God told me that I was going to clear my calendar to drive wherever you needed to go this week. This was a Muslim Uber driver who had come from the Middle East, 
had asked God to reveal himself. He started having dreams about Jesus. Uh, and sometimes I go, are we in America where we just don't get these big miracles, you know? And anyway, the reason I knew that story is she, she told me that, that God took care of her that entire week because she did not have the finances to make that happen. And he literally said, God told me, you know, I was supposed to show up for you. So I said, do you have his number? Like, I want to talk to this Uber guy. That's just a crazy story. I love miracles like that. And she goes, yeah, as a matter of fact, I still have his number, I guess, in her phone or whatever. So I call this guy up. I couldn't really understand him, um, <laughs> but I have a hard time with accents. But anyway, just I loved, loved, loved him. And he said that, yeah, he just every day it's like, okay, God, who am I supposed to go serve today for you? Who am I supposed to? And he knew he was supposed to get go to the airport. And the first woman who got in his car, that's who he was supposed to be taking care of. And I just stories like that are amazing to me when you really see the power of prayer. Because this woman was like, okay, I want to do this. Show me what I'm supposed to do next. I love it. Love those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Stacey, what happens when like you just... You're in such a dark place. You have no words for prayer. I mean, if you have no words, where, how have you experienced that? Well, I think, um, I mean, definitely for me, it, these scripture verses, because they're simple and easy to remember, have, have been helpful. My hope is that people can borrow these if they're in that season. But one of the, um, one of the truths that I love from scripture is, um, it's from Romans eight twenty six, And it says that the spirit helps us, um, in our weakness for we do not know what to pray, um, as we ought, but he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And sometimes I think we get in those moments where we say, I don't know what to pray, but you do. Mm-hmm. And I, and no matter, I, you know, you know how you feel like when you're just having a moment and you text your girlfriend and you say, would you pray for me? Like, you just yeah. need to know that my girlfriend is praying for me. And she doesn't even need you to tell her the details. She's just going to immediately stop like doing what she's doing and pray for you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's our quick, our quick reaction. Mm-hmm. But when we think about that, Jesus lives to make intercession for us and that he is, he's praying for us and that the spirit is praying for us. Like knowing that that is happening, that holy conversation is happening and that I, that prayer is me getting to join that conversation. Even when I don't have the words, I know that he knows exactly what to say. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that comfort of that without the words, I think also that because, um, the Lord just knows our hearts, we don't even have to verbalize it. We can just even just speak it inside of our heart, you know, within our mind or however you want to say that we don't even have to say it out loud. Although I think when I do say it out loud, it affirms to me that I'm trusting and I'm, seeking and it helps me here, but you know, the Lord hears us whether we say it out loud or not, but that always gives me comfort to know that if I don't have any words, which is rare because I'm a wordy girl, (laughs) it's rare. Jesus will tell you, she's got too many words usually, but, um, just knowing that he has words that I I can't even understand, but that are perfect for every moment. Yeah. Stacey, I was wondering when you, um, Right. Do you have a certain journal that you use? Like when you were doing the threadbare prayers, did you find that you put them all in the same spot? What what does that look like and how did it develop? You know, I've been kind of writing online for the past 10 years. And so um, actually 11 years, I think it is now. But um, I used to have a, a regular journal 
I've kind of gotten back to that this past year. Actually, a really good friend of mine sent me this beautiful journal from Growth Roots Company. It's a big, like, eight and a half by 11 cloth bound. It's beautiful. It's a dot journal. It's so pretty. Um, <laughs> love those journals. Like- they're so, so pretty. They're faith-based. So they're really great for Bible study and everything. Um, but honestly, in this season, especially when I was really threadbare, I wasn't writing anything really. But later, um, as I write online, I've always found it's easier for me to write like on my computer, which sounds, it sounds so lame, I guess, to say that I journal on my computer. But typically it's just because that's what I have when I study the word and I'm using different translations and everything and I'll type it like in Evernote or whatever. It, it doesn't sound very charming, I know, but honestly, um, it's usually where I put words that will later end up somewhere more than just, and also I have the worst penmanship of any person in the entire <laughs> world. So my journal though, the journal itself is beautiful no one can read it. So, no. <laughs> but I do love my growth roots journal. Highly, highly recommend it's a, owned by sweet mom and it's a great company. Tell me how old your girls are, all of your girls. Well, yesterday, as a matter of fact, we celebrated our oldest turned 21 yesterday. So we celebrated and we live in Central Florida and we actually went to Disney, which is a very sweet friend, was very generous with our family. So we, and my mom is here. So we, we all went to Disney yesterday. It was crazy. Um, But my oldest is 21. Um, The next oldest is soon to be 18 and then a soon to be uh, and then I have a 14-year-old and then a soon-to-be 11-year-old. So there's 10 wow. years difference between my bookends. Wow, that's amazing. I'm a Florida girl myself. Oh, fun. I, I didn't. I wasn't born and raised in Florida, but I'm never going back. I'm going to be here forever. I okay. enjoy the sun. Oh, y'all, the heat broke yesterday. We had the perfect day. It was like not even 80. It was beautiful. It was yeah, so beautiful. that's what I've heard from all my friends, that it is really getting gorgeous there. Now, as you know, we're in Arizona. I don't know if you know that. And it okay. is. Uh, what is it today, guys? I think oh, we're starting to break a hundred degrees, 108, 108, 108. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say the heat broke, it's like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, hot. typically I it's, I mean, it's not, it's not Arizona hot. I know yeah. that's a whole different, different kind of heat, but the sun is out. The sun oh, is out. I'm sure. Which, you know, I have just, I, I grew up in the Midwest, which, you know, I love my Midwestern roots, but I didn't even realize that there was no light until I moved to Florida. And I was like, what is this thing in the sky? You know, and it doesn't rain all the time. It doesn't rain all the time. Yeah, it does. It does actually rain a lot, but only for a couple minutes in Florida, which cracks me up every day. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, do you have plans in the works for another book or are devotionals more your thing? Where are you at with that? You know, I honestly have no idea. That's as honest as I can be. Um, I wrote, um, you mentioned the Hope for the Weary Mom book. I co-wrote that with a really good friend named Brooke McLaughlin, and we did produce a devotional with that. But devotionals aren't typically my thing. Um, The the last several books have been more like topical and trade books, like nonfiction, Christian living. Um, Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know. Um, This book came as a total surprise. I really really thought I was going to write a different book that would include our story. Um, and the Lord just said, pray. And so that's what I did. And so now it's a book and I have no idea where he's going to lead. Um, I feel very grateful to be able to have seven books, let alone one. Um, I had no idea that's what God had planned for us. Um, but I'm just hoping that this touches hearts and encourages women right where they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just froze on us. Like, um, Patty, Patty, did you want to say something? Okay. Yeah. This is uh, this is what happens on live recordings. Great. So uh, really Let's go with it. She I looks know. great. So, she looks good. Am I still frozen? No, Patty. Oh, okay. frozen. And we were all staring at you like, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Patty, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. I have one. So Stacy, can you hear me now? Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. I talking about how in your, in your book, you, you mentioned about ministering to a friend or a family member as they're going through that horrific time in, in their life. And I, I really want, I know we only have three minutes here, so give us, you know, everything you can talk about with no this pressure. tip, because I know in the past, people have said things to me that have stayed with me when I was in that place in that time that I thought, man, I hope I don't do that to other people. So what, what would be some great tips as we end the show on how you can be there and show up for people when they're in their yucky season? I think, um, you can pray, obviously I'm going to say prayer uh, and sometimes just even texting a prayer or typing out a prayer or, I mean, always pray. So often people think they have to say something and it's what they say that falls flat. Mm. Presence is so important. I can't tell you how many Chick-fil-A cookies, nuggets, people just literally sat in my hands as I was in the ICU waiting room. Bring a coffee, bring a sandwich, even if they don't ask, like just show up and just step in. And people did stuff for us without me. I'm not, a, I'm not someone who's going to ask you to help me, but people just showed up and they, they took care of my kids and they brought me food and they, they moved, literally people moved me, moved me from room to room. So you don't have to say anything, but if you do say something, you can say, I'm sorry. And I'm praying for you. And sometimes just physically standing with a person is really all that they need just to know that you're there with them. If you can, if you can be. Yeah. yeah. I remember I had someone say your little Christian bubble just got popped and this mm -hmm. is going to affect you for the rest of your life. And, you know, what do you say to that? Uh, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Thank you Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. People say hard things. I think in that moment you can just say, you know what? I hope it does change me. Someone said, did you, have you changed this? And I said, oh gosh, I hope so. I hope that I'm more like Jesus after going through all of this. I hope that it, I am different and then I'm, I'm, I'm changed for good. Real quick. Wow. We were talking earlier about, uh, young kids not praying like they, you know, the statistics are really low on people under 35. What about writing a book with your 21 year old? <laughs> We've mm -hmm. talked about it. That okay. could be a possible thing. You never right, know. Right. Hold you accountable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Such an honor to be with you guys today. If you found this episode encouraging, please subscribe to our podcast. And next week, we can't wait to see you again. Because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.